0: So, this is Virginia Short, um, and she uh, joined Art and Embassies program in 2002. She is the chief curator and currently the acting director, um, and oversees a staff of 15. Um, As of 2005, the program has expanded the mission to include all departments of state art acquisitions. Um, Art and Embassy programs. Uh, manages and curates collections of contemporary American and host country artists for all U.S. embassies, consulates, and aid buildings worldwide. Um, she also collaborates with um, U.S. ambassadors, creating exhibitions of American art for display in U.S. embassy residencies. And she holds a master's degree in art history from George Washington University. And prior to joining Art in the Embassies, she worked at numerous galleries and museums, including the National Gallery of Art, just across the street. So thank you very much sure, for being with us. Sure. Thanks for
1: having me. Yeah. Um, well, I, I am going to be talking about Giacometti, Alberto Giacometti's piece, um, The Nose, which he did in 1947, and I have to say that um, when they asked me to speak today, uh, I lo- I'm a big fan of Giacometti's, but I didn't know anything about this piece. And um, I did a little bit of reading, and it's, it's, it's actually a, a really incredible piece, and the stories connected to it are, I think, what make it even more incredible. When you When you first look at the piece, actually he did, um, he sketched two different renderings of the piece. One in in 1947 is is when he um, completed this piece, so he was in his forties, just to give you a sense. He was born in 1901 in Switzerland in Stampa, which is very close to Milan in the southern part of, of Switzerland. Um, but in his in midlife is when he created this piece, but it, it references an earlier time. But we'll get to that. But the piece in 1947, he sketched out to his dealer Pierre Matisse two different versions. There was this version, and then a version just with the head, without the cage, without the scaffolding of a cage. The head was just suspended on, or it was on a rod, versus this versus this piece, which is suspended within the cage. Um, when you first look at the piece, I think you can all see that the head and profile look similar to a gun. That's that's one image that comes to mind with the with the nose projecting out beyond the scaffolding, um, and the mouth becoming the trigger, and then the the handpiece being the neck. Um, the piece also brings to mind Pinocchio, which a year before he created this piece, Walt Disney created their movie. Walt, and, and the um, Carlo Collati is the one who wrote the story of Pinocchio in the 30s. He's an Italian writer. And then Disney did the movie, and it was released the year before. So that's another reference that you'll find if you read about this piece. Um, but it also, in his writings, and Giacometti's writings, the story changes a lot over time, which is really fascinating the way he recalls. But this references specifically an experience that he had when he was in his 20s. When he was 20 years old, he went to Italy for his first time. And on a train ride from, from Pastum, he met a Dutch, an older man, a Dutch man, by the name of Peter van Meers, who was traveling on the train as well. And they supposedly started talking to each other and exchanging stories. And then there, that was it. And when he went back to Switzerland, Giacometti went back to Switzerland, he heard that there was this advertisement in the paper that this Dutch man, Peter van Meers, was asking if anyone knew of a Swiss Italian artist. So he was searching for him. So he responded to this man's letter and said, um, and the man asked if he wanted an all expenses paid trip to Venice, to Italy. And he accepted. Uh, he stole 1,000 a, a francs, Swiss francs, from his father and went and met this man in Venice. Um, and on their trip, the man became very sick, and they were in a hotel room, and he sat by the bedside, and the man kept saying, I'm going to be better tomorrow, I'm going to be better tomorrow, but he, his cheeks were becoming more and more sunken in. It was clear he was getting very sick. So he sitting by the bedside Giacometti sketching this man and he realized this man was actually very sick so he contacted other people the doctors came in gave him shots and he continued to say he was getting better and as Giacometti wrote in some notes to himself as he said this I realized I saw his nose growing and growing and so this illusion of Pinocchio and the lie of I'm gonna get better is part of this letter Um, this is when he was 20 that he had this experience. He was, this became this huge, monumental moment in his life that sort of altered the way he looked at things and his, his life for the next year. He, he, couldn't, he said he couldn't do anything almost for a year. Um, he, he had a lot of phobias. There's a book that an, art, or an author by the name of Laurie Wilson wrote called Giacometti, The Man, The Myth, uh, The Myth, The Magic, and The Man. And this time and this experience, by experiencing this death of, of this Dutchman, made all of his phobias sort of come out and accentuate. He, he talks about not being able to sleep with, out a light on after this experience. Um, he had things about putting his shoes under his bed a certain way. And I think the conflicting emotions that he had, and also the time of when he created this piece, if you jump forward to his midlife, was a year after the Nuremberg Trials, um, it was this time where everyone was sort of focused on what had happened in World War II. There was a lot of guilty feeling. There was a lot of there was a, a, a lot of intensity, and there was a lot of um, fear in the air, which he experienced, in which a lot of people attribute to this piece being this monumental piece. Um, Going back to the time where he was sitting at the bedside of this this man, this Dutch man, after witnessing his death, he uh, spent a couple more days there and then phoned, or he got in contact with his father, I guess by letter, and let him know what had happened. And he said, just stay there, let the authorities take care of it. So he stayed in the presence of this man for a few more agonizing days, and then he went off and spent a few more days in Italy. And there's a postcard that he wrote at that time alluding to how he was able to sort of break away. But then he just continues to come back to this moment um, in midlife and talk about how this death sort of influenced him in so many different ways. Um, There's also allusion to this piece. Clearly, there are phallic allusions that you see in the nose. Um, This was a moment where he was um, experiencing, back in the 20s, he was trying to figure out his own sexuality and Um, thinking about a lot of different things and the whole trip with this man, although there's nothing in writing about him being homosexual per se, he clearly was trying to figure it out, figure out his sexuality and so this piece is really a loaded piece in terms of everything it references um, in his life and his world and sort of the environment around him. There's there's so much more written about this piece in the letters. And and one other interesting thing that happens is when he wrote a story, and it's the first published text that he actually wrote about this experience, and he he turns it into a dream that he had, and how in this dream um, he not only experienced the death of this man, but he changes the story because after he experienced the death, the brother of this man came to... To pick up the body and he sent him cufflinks saying thank you for being with my brother. He never admitted, which he sent in the mail, he never admitted to his family about the cufflinks. He felt guilty about it and so he didn't tell them about it, but in his dreams he turns the cufflinks into breadcrumbs which he scatters all over. So there's so much symbolism in this piece and and what it alludes to. You know, the cage he used in the 30s as well when he was, you know, all his work was sort of surrealist in in nature. Um, I don't know the significance beyond like the obvious and the references to World War II and in 1947 also the public was inundated with reels, movie reels of, of the victims and the aggressors. And so this was something on everybody's mind. So the caged-in reference of, of the human being, the guilt of war. I mean, I think this piece, the gun, it's an aggressive piece. It's to, it's it's loaded in so many ways. It's an incredible piece. I, I meant to. Do you know what the addition is on, number on this piece? I, I meant to look that up, because I know it's an addition. Um, is it say? What do you mean? I, I, it's, it's a multiple, I think it's more, there's more than one of this piece. It it was cast in
0: the early
1: 60s, yeah, because it was done in 47. Um, and, and also the, the first casting, the plaster cast, which was really interesting in referencing the Pinocchio um, allusion here, is the first cast in plaster he used paint around the nostrils, uh, a, red, uh, a red paint um, to signify blood which made pre- made the nose even more pronounced than it already is. Um, this, there's also discussion about castration. Um, after Peter von Meers died, I th- he felt so guilty. He used the thousand francs that he'd stolen from his father. Um, he ran around and supposedly um, had hired a few prostitute a few prostitutes and contracted venereal disease so castration, um, there are so many other things that come to mind when you look at this piece when you start reading about him and what was going on at this formative time in his life in his twenties and and when this piece was realized in the forties he had settled down, he was living in. Paris, and he'd settled down and, and had a woman living with him. Um, it was he, There were issues that he talks about of impotence for years and trying to figure out his sexuality, but he had sort of come out, he had a, a girlfriend, and um, there were three pieces he made in this year in 1947 that all allude to these dreams that he was having. Um, and then from that point forward is when he gets into more dealing more with the portraits. This is imaginary, clearly. Um, um, is, does anyone have any questions? Now, that's one of the strange bodies. Yes. It, it doesn't it's, mean like a form of body, it means uh, just an entity in a collection. A strange body, I thought, could be a human form or an animal form. Are you talking about that well, the spiritual thesis? Well, our talk is on. It's
0: just the strange body is the whole exhibit
1: and this is just one piece of the exhibit that we're focusing on. But how is that a strange body? It just means a piece that's in that collection. Well I think it's a strange piece and it's a figurative piece where you see part of a body and so in terms of, I mean the curator of the exhibition is right here. So um, if you have any questions about the show in general but I think that's how it connects, right? Well I'm not even taking body too literally. It just means an entity in the collection. It doesn't mean a particular physical But I think if you look around everything has got a figurative illusion or I I mean I think it all connects to the figure if you look at the works in the exhibition. How are, does this then kind of relate to the rest of his career with the sculpture? Like how does it happen? How does it relate to the rest? well the, this piece is one of three that he created in this time where he was um, sort of trying the time of the, in terms of what was happening in the world it's separated from the majority of the body of his work in terms of sort of how aggressive it is and the nature of the piece um, and there are three other pieces that are classified in the same they' from the same year he created them in the same year where they allude to death. I mean this is clearly you see death in the piece. It's a skull, I mean the skin is so the, the cheeks are so sunken in, it's a skull form with a very thin layer of skin. The other two pieces in this series he created in 1947 also allude to death. Um, and coming out of World War II, I think this these were the three pieces, these pieces that all sort of allude to the war beyond just personal issues and what he was addressing in dreams but he was coming out of this time he denounced surrealism but he before where dreams are these are the most one of the most important things to the artist so um... it's sort of a transition work, um... with these other three that came out of this period that really sort of address the time and the guilt and as a you know a swiss citizen i think all the a lot of the people when they started seeing the reels of the horrors that were happening, like right there, as we all look at those videos, there is just it's a it was a whole different experience, and what he was addressing was totally different than what precedes and succeeds this body of work. But the but the I mean. The work totally changes. If you look, the cage that he used back in the 30s, um, there are a lot of references in the cage form, but they're not these aggressive forms that are disturbing. It's um, There's confusion and sometimes it's difficult to figure out what's happening. There's a lot of male and female parts. Egyptian art is a huge inf- influence on his work and you can see that in a lot of um, the earlier pieces. Um, and then just the The way the figure is addressed, frontal, forward, um, the stance. Uh, And so you can see that in even the little, he did this whole series of these tiny little three-inch, these three-inch portraits that were um, also sort of standing figures, but it was like seeing a figure at a distance. And then the figures became more and more monumental. His father was an artist, his father was Giovanni um, Giacometti, and he, at this time, also he was, when he was in his twenties, it was also an important time because he was feeling really guilty because he was at this moment in time where he realized his he was probably supreme to his father in terms of his talent, and he was having a really difficult time coming to terms with that so these trips that he was taking to Italy the first trip, his father had done the same thing, so he was sort of following in his father 's footsteps. His father was a painter, and he felt pressured by his father to be a painter as well, but he became more and more sort of even though he did paint sculpture, his strongest affinity was just to, to be a sculptor so there was also these other references when you start reading about this piece and everything he was dealing with emotionally beyond experiencing this man's death um, it's also this time of trying to figure out what direction and he was his, he and his father were so close but he knew he needed to go in another direction but he felt very guilty about it and, and sort of came to terms with it but it took him many years like midlife is when he ultimately came to terms with it So. Does anyone have any questions?
0: Comments about the work? It's so interesting to hear the stories because it's—they're it's, uh, just—they're really interesting stories. I guess to say that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and in one of the um, in one of the letters that he's written, and he talks about what he his fear and the and the uh, the reason that he had the lamp that he couldn't. He, he didn't want to be sleeping in a room, and he didn't sleep for many years after this experience as well because he was afraid to go to sleep, because he was afraid he would die in his sleep. So he had a lot, he, his fear of death was sort of heightened after this experience. And he talks in one, in this, ultimately this text that he wrote in the 40s about um, this sort of dream fantasy experience of the head, just like Van Muer's, but he calls him Mr., he calls him T. Um, going back and forth as he was watching this man die and his mouth opening and in the dream he talks about a fly flying in his mouth like a cave and disappearing and these you know these phobias that he had were so heightened at this point that the lamp on was just because he was he never wanted to go to sleep because he was afraid he would die in his sleep Um, so the open mouth is also a reference to the open mouth that when people die, often their mouth sort of opens, and, and this man in particular, and, and also the head going back and forth. So that's why this piece is supposed to be shown in profile, as well as seeing the significance of the gun and the... Um...
0: Any other thoughts or comments? It's nice to see them side by side, yeah. because it really does heighten how different is this is from what we usually know of Giacometti's right. work. Um, and I think there's still works up on the third floor that are from a, the earlier period, where, where 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 what you're talking about, what's more smooth, so that the texture doesn't. Come the in texture play. is
1: right. The texture is always he he, he always the, is always rough, and in the paintings he, he they talk about how, for sitters it was excruciating to sit for him because he took so long because he often, he ended up destroying, I think they say, ten works for every work created because um, he never quite felt like they were finished. So every time he went back to a piece, it would be as though he was starting anew. And so for the portraits he did for the sitters, it became excruciating because you could be sitting there for months. And um, he would continue to be working. So Annette, who's featured in this pieces was his girlfriend in the forties who he lived with for many years and she was she and his brother Diego were two of the people who were okay and understood his temperament and were okay sitting for him for hours so she's the subject of many of his works and um, it's just sort of interesting to understand that insight when you look at his work and and understand also that he all, he never he had a hard time distinguishing from when the work was complete and and when he ne- he still needed to work on it and he'd err on the side of destroying works versus sending them out if he had question about it so
0: okay well thank you very much sure. that was really sure. interesting and um yeah. thank you, thank you.